Welcome to Rants and Reason. I am Chuck. I am Karen. I used to be a Democrat. I used to be a Republican. I am still a liberal. And I'm still a conservative. But other than that, we're really not sure what we are. But we do know this. As Abraham Lincoln reminds us, we are not enemies. We are friends. We are friends. And this week we are going to talk about turnovers, my favorite things. <laughs> well, we're all starting to hear about all the new Congress and Senate and how they're settling in, but they aren't the only new faces in government. In merely one month, John Kelly, President Trump's chief of staff, General Mattis, Secretary of Defense, and Brett McGurk, special envoy to Syria, all turned in their resignation. In the case of Mattis, his resignation just wasn't enough. After release of his official resignation letter, which included a pretty stern opinion on the current administration's handling of foreign matters, President Trump decided to just go ahead and fire Mattis. And he made him leave the White House right then, rather than letting him serve out the entire time listed in his resignation. He got escorted out by security. <laughs> yeah. And, so. As opposed to the rest of his staff who've been escorted out in handcuffs. Oh, my goodness. Not General Mattis's staff, President right. Trump's staff. So at the moment, we do not have an official Secretary of Defense, Attorney General, Ambassador to the UN, Special Envoy to Syria, Secretary of the Interior, Environmental Protection Administrator, or Chief of Staff. All we have are people filling the roles short term. When asked what his plans were for a more permanent cabinet, the president said, I sort of like acting. It gives me more flexibility. Do you understand that? So, from that somewhat strange and rather disturbing quote, we can assume that he's in no hurry to get an official cabinet. Yeah, and by I sort of like acting, he meant he likes acting cabinet members, not members that right. have been confirmed by Senate. Right. And, you know, I can see why he would like that, because that's his way of getting around confirmation. Hopefully, we're going to get into that in another episode, exactly how he's able to do that and for how long, because there's a lot more to that story. There is, and I'm sure you will give it all to us, Karen. Yeah, I will. <laughs> well, you can name the presidents, but can you name their chiefs of staff? Most people can't. I can, but I'm smarter than most people. And there's a good reason for this, the re <laughs> that people cannot name the chiefs of staff. Their average tenure in the role since 1969 is only two and a half years. It's a very stressful job. Now, both Ronald Reagan and Bill Clinton went through four chiefs of staff over their two terms as president. George H.W. Bush actually beat both for turnover as he had three chiefs of staff in four years. Now, while this might seem like a lot, Contrast them with the current administration. Martha Kumar, a Townsend University political scientist, noted that in the top tier of staff, Trump's White House has experienced the highest turnover of, of any modern administration. President Donald Trump rocketed to reality TV stardom for his love of two words, and those two words were, you're fired. And he seems to have brought that same penchant for termination to Washington. The president's senior staff turnover rate during his first year in office was three times higher than both Presidents Barack Obama and Bill Clinton. 
and more than five times higher than President George W. Bush. And all of that information is according to the Brookings Institute report on turnover, which actually keeps a really good record of staff turnover in the Trump White House. So if you ever want to look at it, Brookings runs runs a really great report on it. Trump's cabinet turnover actually exceeds that of any other administration in the past 100 years. The White House Transitioning Project published an in-depth analysis of the current presidential staff turnover at the 18-month mark. At that time, the Trump administration had the highest turnover of assistant to the president-level staff of the last six presidents. This level of disruption would be difficult for any organization to handle, but these difficulties are compounded in the unique environment of the White House. Well, there's been a lot of coverage of the record-setting personnel t- turnover at the White House, there hasn't been a lot of analysis of its costs. To put it bluntly, we know that there's a lot of turnover at the White House, but does it matter? Is it a bad thing? Well, I'm going to tell you why turnover is a bad thing, and this is not the turnover I thought we were going to be talking about. We're talking about personnel turnover, not the pastries the, with the flaky crust and the icing the and the blueberries the and the cherries. Yeah. yeah. So in this instance, turnover is a bad thing. The Harvest Business Review gives a resounding yes to is turnover a bad thing, and they cite decades of organizational research to back it up. High levels of senior executive turnover are difficult for any organization to absorb. Every senior leader has his or her own style, approach, objectives, and preferences. When an organization gets a new leader, their productivity slows down significantly as it adapts to this disruption. Although replacing a poorly performing organization's leadership can help improve its performance over time, some disruption during transition is inevitable. And frequent transitions make it difficult to establish a normal and efficient routine. Also, high turnover affects team performance. Effective teams need trust without concerns or fear of reprisal. The members of high-performance teams have a high level of tacit knowledge about one another. Basically, they understand each other on a personal level that stretches far beyond the knowledge of each other's resumes. Trust and understanding built over time and experience, these vital team-building aspects cannot exist in a constantly fluctuating team. Yeah, I wouldn't be okay if somebody replaced you. I, If you could teach a monkey to talk, I wouldn't be hard to replace. <laughs> you would. You're irreplaceable. Well, an, another negative aspect of senior-level turnover is the impact that it has on all of the lower-level employees, the subordinates. A supervisory position often means creating a system, and each person in the system has to know what is expected of them in order to perform their duty within that system. With each change, all the systems get disrupted, and then overall staff production and morale decreases. Of course, turnover in the president's senior staff is always high. These jobs, or even by the standards of the senior executives at major companies, are just brutal. The pressure and hours match or exceed even the most demanding private sector jobs, and without the compensation of private sector pay or the perks. And especially in this particular administration, the public scrutiny is relentless. I think Sarah Huckabee Sanders has developed ticks. 
I do too. I mean, I do too. I, I'm I mean, not making she, fun she of her. She hardly ever. Right. She gave her first press briefing of the year, and it's almost February. She didn't even notice that there was a government shutdown. <laughs> because her government had shut down a long time ago. It's like, oh, oh, we'll goodness. call you when you need you. We need you, Sarah. And today they were like, ah, just go out and say something. Come back. Don't be out there that long. Well, even though it's usual for turnover to be high in the White House, the problems that turnover creates tend to be worse in the West Wing. First, replacement is more difficult than any other organization. When the White House loses members of its senior staff... It's limited in whom it can find to replace them by the lengthy and complex security clearance process or by confirmation process. They also have to consider the political ramifications and how that candidate's vision of the administration meshes with that of the rest of the senior staff and, of course, of the president. Well, second, the learning curve for new hires is more daunting. Now, any new job has a learning curve. The challenges of working in the White House are unique, which makes that learning process particularly important and very time-consuming. It's not like moving from one private sector job to another. You kind of have personal experience with moving from like private to government back and forth, don't you? It's very difficult. I had the exact. I'm sitting in the same chair I had at the same desk with the same job. For seven years, I was a private sector employee, and then I became a government employee. So the only thing that changed was my employer, and it was dramatically different. I mean, just the change was dramatically different. And you had less change than most would have in that circumstance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So it's it's not an easy transition to make. I'm a low-level you know, government employee. This is the White House, although kind of in viewing things sometimes i think maybe they should have me making the decisions and i'm not known for my good <laughs> judgment but anyway working in the white house it's profoundly different from working anywhere else every time you remove someone and particularly when you replace them with someone without senior government experience that learning process starts all over again now this brings us to some of the unique challenges facing the trump white house Essentially, half of Trump's senior team is on their first year on the job, even though he's on his second. Now, compounding this problem, the number of staffers who are inexperienced in government in the Trump administration is unusually high. Rex Tillerson's tenure at the State Department showed that even highly skilled private sector executives can struggle with the drastically different demands of government service. Yeah, I mean, he had a terrible time going into the State Department, even though he was, by all accounts, a competent Secretary of State. Right. He had a, he had a very difficult time managing the State Department itself. Because it was so different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Certain characteristics of this particular administration make it even harder for the White House to replace people that it's been losing with people who are of traditional White House caliber. And that's because the pool of potential hires for any White House is already really, really small. But this administration's refusal to hire many staunch Republicans who oppose Trump in the primaries limits the talent pool even more. And there are very few candidates for senior staff roles with the sort of experience that previous administrations would have considered necessary. I, Karen, I have gone completely blank. Who is the creepy guy that <laughs> is always showing up on the talk shows? I don't the know who you're talking about. 
Steve Bannon? No, 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 no. The kind of ball headed guy. He looks like the guy from SpongeBob. He looks like Squidward <laughs> from SpongeBob. <laughs> I don't know. Stephen Miller. About. Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller okay. wouldn't be hired in any organization. Right. Yeah. Well, he does look like Squidward now that you mention it. All right. Well, the humiliating manner in which a lot of the staff members have been fired is also likely to make it tougher for the White House to attract new talent. Tillerson found out he was fired from Twitter. General H.R. McMaster, among one of the most legendary soldiers of his time, was left to drift in the wind for weeks while rumors of his impending ouster were batted about. FBI Director James Comey found out he'd been fired while on a work trip to L.A., where it was reported on the television behind him. Then he was publicly attacked by the president for taking a government plane. Remember, he was on a work trip. Government plane back to the East Coast. So the White House has even claimed that Veterans Affairs Secretary David Shulkin resigned while Shulkin himself said that he was fired over Twitter. Now, see, that that will be my problem in this White House, because even now, after 13 years on my job, if I go in and I get my password wrong when I log in, I just figure I've been fired. Because it'll tell me <laughs> you cannot log in. I just think <laughs> I've been fired. Like, oh, oh. Yeah, actually, one time I did go to my boss, the director, and say, dude, have I been fired? Because I cannot log in anymore. Because that's the first thing they do is take away your computer access. <laughs> Turns out I just had my caps locks on, but I was not fired. But that day will come, I suppose. Anyway, that's a good story. An additional wrinkle has really happened. I was like, man, have I been fired? Because I cannot log in. So an additional wrinkle unique to this White House is that ex-senior staff have been largely unable to find lucrative jobs that are normally easily available for people who held those positions. Take Sean Spicer or Rince Priebus. Where are they at now? We don't know. The discarded press <laughs> right. secretary and chief of staff. I mean, Reince Priebus may be doing something. Yeah, I, I know Sean Spicer wrote a book, but they're not. It's already in the bargain bins when you yet. go into bookstores. So I, I feel sorry for, especially Spicer. He seemed like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Now, if a White House role starts to be seen as career limiting rather than career launching, then it becomes hard to hire the best or even adequate talent. (laughs) Yeah. And finally, you have the Mueller investigation and other scandals. (laughs) And this makes people really, really uneasy about joining the administration because they become vulnerable to the threat of astronomical legal bills. And you had mentioned Hope Hicks. Right. You know, it's rumored that she left because her legal bills were getting so high. Legal bills were so high. Right. It didn't help that, like, literally everyone around her is getting arrested. Also. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, when you're in a job that half the people are getting arrested, it's probably time to update your resume and get on Indeed.com yeah. and see what you can find. But anyway, <laughs> and you can get swept up into an investigation. There's a lot of investigations going on. So, you know, a lot of people are like, no, nah, yeah, I don't, don't want to mess with that. Right. So service in the White House is supposed to be just that, service. But service at the price of humiliation, potential bankruptcy, or even prosecution is a lot to ask of the already tiny group of people. And by tiny, we don't mean that they're 
not big people, just a <laughs> tiny group of people, a small number of people who are both acceptable well, to the administration and capable of filling these roles. Now, one example of a person that was unlikely to turn down a position but did was Chris Christie. Yeah. He was actually offered positions and he's like, yeah, I think I think I'm going to that's a pass. That's that, for I, me. that's going to be a hard no, Don. <laughs> no. I don't think so. I'm, right, and you would have I mean he would have jumped at the chance at at one point in the very beginning yeah he was begging for a job but now Mm -hmm. he's like yeah no i got this i got this gig over here shoveling snow in new jersey that i think (laughs) i will never forget when he came out after he dropped his nomination you know after he dropped running for president his candidacy and he was speaking for trump and Trump started talking and he's in the background yeah. looking like he was under duress. Do you remember that? I, I do. That was he was so like, funny. he did not just say that. I, I know. I mean, he was just, he just looked like all of his hopes and dreams had just <laughs> yeah. died right in front of him or that somebody dropped ice cream or something. But I mean, he said that <laughs> That's he what was I was thinking. It's like the pizza guy stumbled <laughs> on the way to the door. That's the look on Christie's face. Now, that's how you go from an A team to a C team or maybe even a D team. Right, right. Well, there's, uh, this is not a very hopeful podcast. There's very little reason to think that we're going to see a turnaround. Because the president prides himself on doing things differently and of going with his gut instead of following the advice of experts. He's He has literally said, I don't like to follow the advice of experts. They hate I like smart to people. Do what I feel. Smart people. Right. They don't give yeah. good advice. Hate smart people. Not, not only <laughs> would changing his approach to talent management likely be low on his list of priorities, there's very little reason to think he could change even if he wanted to. Because the Presidential Personnel Office, the office tasked with, among other responsibilities, staffing the White House, is much, much smaller than previous administrations. And the only work experience many members of its staff have is working on the Trump campaign. Two of its most senior officials have records that include being arrested for drunk driving, <laughs> passing bad checks, and assault. It's like he <laughs> so, hired the- carnies to come in <laughs> and be run the personnel office there. <sighs> Well, I thought you would have to um, pass a background check. These people couldn't I, do my job. They couldn't get hired for it's my bizarre. job. Yeah. Well, we do know this. The Trump administration's problems in staffing might be hindering the very organization responsible for fixing them. So. Yeah, I think I could probably get That's hired great. on there. Now, any president needs help. And one with no previous experience in government needs it more. Some of Trump's appeal to his supporters was grounded in his defiant insistent on insistence on taking an approach that's radically different from that of his predecessors. He's what's called an unfiltered leader. And unfiltered leaders <laughs> can tend to be either enormously successful or <laughs> catastrophic failures. Kind of like that that sound you made one thing the successful ones have in common is that they pick their spots 
No leader, even the most brilliant, can be perfect in all things all the time. Only podcasters like us can do that. <laughs> right. We never make any mistakes ever. Right. <laughs> That's why we're redoing this entire exactly. podcast. Precisely because unfiltered leaders are often making policies that no one else would because the policies make absolutely no sense. They need to surround themselves with capable teams, even more than ordinary leaders do, much as Lincoln did with that legendary team of rivals he had. Trump's management of the White House made it virtually impossible for him to surround himself with a top-notch team, even though he needs one more than a conventional president would. Whatever you may think about Trump, objectively, his White House has been as dysfunctional as Hulu customer service. And yes, sue me, Hulu. I dare you. I challenge anyone out there to try to cancel their Hulu account. I had to go to the bank and cancel my bank card to get rid of Hulu. We're going to get all these emails where people are like, I just did it online really quickly. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You can't do it online. You can't do it online. Hulu, there is not, in Hulu headquarters, there is not one single phone. Okay. They just well, said, don't give us phones. Because so we don't want what you're calling. saying is that the Trump White House is a bit dysfunctional. A lot dysfunctional. Well, we like to say that there's nothing new under the sun. But this this is a little new, at least for recent history. And honestly, we don't really know how it can get better. But we do hope that somehow, some way, that it will. Well, and that is all we have to say about that. Yes. We want to thank everyone who takes the time to listen to us talk and ramble. And you can find us on all the standard podcast platforms. We appreciate any positive reviews and love, love, love social media shares. We also want to send out a very special thank you to our Patreon supporters. We couldn't do this without you. And we really, really appreciate you more than you know. Yes. So thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.